Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 17 of the Fit Fizz podcast. I am Kelly Wilson, owner of FitFizzStudio.com, and I am a certified trainer, nutrition coach, behavior change specialist, autoimmune disease fighter, and I've worked in the health and fitness industry for over 20 years. And uh, before we get started, I just want to state that the information shared is for educational and informational purposes only. None of the content should be interpreted as an intent to diagnose, treat, cure, heal, or prescribe. And if you have any serious health concerns, discuss those with your doctor. And now that that's out of the way, let's get on with part two of my autoimmune story. So back in episode seven, I shared with you the first part of my autoimmune story. Been, it's been quite a while. And now I'm ready to share part two. I gave it some time because I wanted to talk about some things like gut health and food sensitivities first so that you'd have a little bit better understanding of some of the things I'm going to talk about today. And as I said in part one, there were many signs there, but I didn't realize they were signs. I didn't realize I was headed down a path of autoimmune disease. And I didn't know that because I simply didn't have the education to know better at the time. Like most people, I'd heard that stress is bad for you, but I didn't realize what a detrimental effect it would have on my life. Sometimes in hindsight, I see that for someone like me who is always like, let's get things done. And basically what you'd call like a type A personality, there was probably not really another way I was going to learn to slow down or learn exactly how bad stress is for the body without something life altering like autoimmune disease. But I want to share this because I don't want other people to suffer like I did. And there's a lot you can do to prevent it. So to refresh your memory quickly about part one, I had thyroid problems beginning in 2006 that I knew of. It could have been way before that. And it was minimal, but I wasn't aware of the laundry list of other symptoms that grew over the years that was related to thyroid. I had um, severe migraines. I found out my kidneys were slightly underfunctioning. I had weight gain. I went through some sleep studies and was eventually diagnosed with something called idiopathic hypersomnia, which is basically a nonsense sleep disorder. Well, I shouldn't call it that, but basically it told me nothing other than the fact that it got my doctors to acknowledge my fatigue was off the charts, but they didn't know why. They didn't know what to call it. And they didn't know what to do about it other than offered me either stimulant drugs or antidepressants. I knew I wasn't depressed, so I reluctantly chose stimulant drugs, which I built up a rather high tolerance to rather quickly, and they weren't much help. In fact, they gave me massive anxiety and anger issues every single day, and it was that was just a terrible, ugly experience all around. By the time I had realized how it wasn't just the stress from being laid off that had me feeling so anxious and that it was the prescription I was on. I was too scared to stop taking it. I had no income. I had to spend my days trying to find a job. I was studying for my nutrition certification and I was trying to work on FitFizz. I simply could not risk feeling more massively fatigued than I already was. So I kept taking them a while longer, but I knew I had to find another way out somehow. And I knew I needed a more natural way to feel better. This just couldn't be it for me. 
So um, along the way, I managed to find a temporary freelance graphic design job with a team of designers who are the most amazing people I've ever worked with. I was physically a wreck. I was like a walking disaster area. And they were all so unbelievably nice to me when I was at my worst. I'm super grateful for that. And I'm happy to stay say that I'm still in touch with most of them. And I felt comfortable enough to be pretty open about what I was going through, but I was still figuring it out day by day on my own without a doctor, without insurance, without a solid income and dealing with physical pain and massive anxiety every single day. It was also about a one hour commute each way. And I'm really grateful. (laughs) I think about this often that I never caused an accident because of the poor state of health that I was in mentally, emotionally, and physically. I was dealing with really bad motion sickness every single day. Even the motion from turning my head to one side to look at someone would was enough to make me sick. Or even scrolling on my phone sometimes made me very nauseous. That was something that had happened at my previous job that I was laid off from. I even went home sick from it one day from I looked at a GIF I threw up at work. I immediately left because I was scared of how sick I was feeling. I was like beside myself that the gift made me throw up and they all thought I was faking it. And this was at the previous job with the not so nice people. (laughs) I was also dealing with really bad brain fog where you just can't think clearly. You feel like your thoughts are slowed down and the best thing I can think of to compare what brain fog is like is like, have you ever had one of those times where you wake up and you're not quite sure if it's like, is it morning or night? Or is it Thursday or Saturday? Like you just feel so out of it. Imagine feeling like that 24-7 day after day. Multitasking was absolutely not an option with that kind of brain fog. Absolutely forget about it. Like, (laughs) no multitasking. Um, There were even times when my brain fog was so bad, and it was it was emotionally scary too because I knew my brain was not working well. And there were times where I would ask myself, like, what year was I born? Who was the last president? Who was the president before that? And like quizzing myself on basic things um, just because I really was that scared that like my mind was really going. And on top of that, there was a constant physical pain. It was different from anything I'd ever experienced before. The best way I could describe it is that it felt like every cell in my body just wanted to explode out of my skin. I couldn't pinpoint a certain place of pain. It was everywhere, head to toe, but the pain was like inside my body. It felt like my cells were just screaming out to escape. And I know that was, I know now that that was mostly due to inflammation and that a lot of that inflammation was due to multiple food sensitivities. So going back to what I was saying about being grateful that I never had an accident, I really was not in a place where I could choose to not take that job and avoid that hour commute each way. I felt really unsafe driving, but I kind of had no choice. Uh, So I made that drive in fear every day with the physical pain, the motion sickness, the severe brain fog, nausea, dizziness, dizziness every day. I'd drive the, the speed limit 
because I didn't, didn't want to get pulled over, I probably could not have passed a field sobriety test. Um, so that was a concern of mine. I would just drive in the right lane in order to also avoid having to turn my head side to side to see if it was safe to switch lanes because that made everything feel, that made me feel even more sick. So I'd arrive at work, I'd rest for a few minutes in the parking lot and try to regain my composure before going in. The exhaustion I felt just from having to shower and get ready and drive there, that the, the exhaustion I would feel just from doing that was like how I used to feel after a 10-hour-long powerlifting meet. And there's no exaggeration. In fact, I, it might have even felt worse at that point. And then as soon as I went in, I had to face even more motion sickness. I had to choose between the elevator and the stairs. And the stairs actually made me feel more motion sick than the elevator because of having to turn my body 180 degrees from one flight to the next. And there were days when I'd see my peripheral vision start to go black on the sides upon exiting the elevator or sometimes even if somebody just came to talk to me at my desk and if I turned my head too fast to look at them I would start to black out and I just had to keep going and act like nothing was wrong and I I just felt like I didn't have much of a choice at the time other people have also described this state of Hashimoto's as um feeling like you have the flu all the time because um, the body is essentially at war with itself and you're always cold as well with thyroid issues like mine. So another thing that made this all very difficult was I couldn't really eat much without getting sick. My food sensitivities had gotten so bad and it was around March 2017 when I realized that it was probably time to start seeing which foods I had an issue with and removing some of them. And I didn't really follow anyone else's protocol at the time. So this wasn't a strict elimination diet of someone else's that I followed. I simply did my own version of it. And I was pretty stubborn about it, though. I did not want to be one of those people who couldn't eat gluten. I was basically in denial that it was affecting me pretty seriously. It took me about another four months to come to terms with the fact that gluten was a problem for me. So the days were super exhausting and mentally taxing. When you have brain fog, even making a small decision is exhausting. When you're in a fast-paced demanding office and driving in crazy Chicago, Chicago suburb traffic, it feels even more intense than it would otherwise. I would basically come home fall asleep or sometimes even sleep in my car for a while in order to find the energy just to walk inside and sleep. There were times I'd pull over halfway home to sleep in a random parking lot because I felt too unsafe, unsafe to drive without doing that. On the weekends, I was pretty much sleeping the whole time. It was like a crucial recovery time for me. I felt like my central nervous system was taking a serious beating every single day. So I really just needed to rest. I, I was so I really physically couldn't do a lot. There were so many days where I physically could not feed, get to the kitchen to feed myself. And it's no exaggeration. It was you know, it was, it was, it was bad. Um, I was also starting to learn a lot about Hashimoto's and um, lots of experts recommend that when it's that bad, they recommend taking off one to three solid months from all responsibilities. And 
obviously that's pretty unrealistic for most people, especially when you're not living in a two-income household or you don't have savings to fall back on. So I'm just going to kind of, from here, I'm going to go into a list of some of the other symptoms that I was dealing with. Um, So I was feeling cold all the time, especially my hands and feet. And all of these things are pretty normal for Hashimoto's, and they're actually pretty normal for quite a lot of autoimmune diseases. I was having skin issues. I was starting to break out with, it looked like hives or just like huge splotchy red areas on my body from lots of body washes, face face washes and lotions. I was still gaining more weight and I was in denial that it was related to my thyroid. Again, because I didn't want to be one of those people who blamed my weight gain on a health condition. But like I said, I was in denial, but that really is what was happening. And I can accept that now. But um, another thing, I also had to stop powerlifting or lifting at all. I could barely drive. So I certainly wasn't spending time in the gym. And all of that was pretty depressing for me to not have that aspect of happiness in my life. And I had been part of a powerlifting team that, you know, they wanted us to call each other family. I had called them, quote unquote, family at a time, but nobody reached out to me. And I felt, you know, that hurt as well. I was essentially in mourning for the loss of that. And when I did eat, whether I got sick or not, I was always overcome by a huge wave of even more tiredness. I felt kind of like Dorothy on the Wizard of Oz when she walks through the poppy field and she passes out. Um, That was another reason why I didn't ever risk eating while I was at that freelance job. It was already hard enough to function and work without the added risk of getting sick after eating or the wave of tiredness that also came with it. And this wave of heavy tiredness after eating is a normal part of leaky gut, but I still had yet to realize that part. So there was even one day where the bottom half of my face broke out so bad from something that I ate, or it might have been from like skincare products. I'm still not even sure, but it was really bad. It looked like a burn on the whole bottom half of my face. I took a picture because I was so astonished at how bad it was. And I'm not quite sure if I have the guts to share that yet because it really looks like some kind of nasty, awful skin disease. But that was another crazy part of it. Um, A lot of what I was feeling was very severe adrenal fatigue, which I did a whole episode about. So hopefully that sounds a little bit familiar. But I didn't know that at the time. My cortisol, depending on which part of the process we're looking at, sometimes it was actually non-existent because I was so, so depleted. And sometimes it was very high. And another thing I was dealing with was I was having pretty scary heart palpitations sometimes, especially when I would lay down to sleep. I thought it was from the stimulant drugs that I was prescribed. But eventually I found out from one doctor that it was most likely, partially probably from the stimulant drugs I was taking. Um, And I feel like I need to say it was prescribed. that it was most likely caused from my my thyroid hormones were so messed up that I was actually fluctuating between Hashimoto's and Graves' disease. So those are two very opposite thyroid conditions. 
And I didn't even know that was possible to have both of them. But now I know it's totally possible that I was fluctuating. My hormones were just so messed up that I was fluctuating between the two, depending on time of day or whatever I was going going through day by day. Um, something else that I also had a few episodes of were uh, vasovagal syncope. And that is something I initially experienced my freshman year in college. And I don't want to go too deep down this rabbit hole, but because I want to stay on track. But so I had experienced this when I was like 18, 19, a couple times and um, had tests done, found out about it, didn't know it was an autoimmune disease. Um, until pretty recently, because I heard someone else talking about it. And uh, but I've dealt with a few episodes of that, which is um, kind of like you just have um, heart rate issues and passing out goes hand in hand with it. Um, And a lot of times it can happen when you're trying to use the bathroom. So very inconvenient and not fun. Um, I also had vertigo and ear issues all my life, which can be connected to deeper problems relating to all this thyroid stuff. And um, I don't know for sure, but I was experiencing tons of severe dizziness. So I, in hindsight, I do think at some point I did have some vertigo coming and going. And again, all totally related to everything else I was experiencing. Some of the food sensitivities. Let's go back to the food sensitivities that I was experiencing. Here's a list of some of them. Gluten, grains, sugar, eggs, dairy, soy, corn, nightshades, which includes potatoes, peppers, tomatoes, high histamine fruits, and anything with dye in it, and probably a bunch of other foods that I'm forgetting right now. But it was a lot of stuff that I really couldn't eat. and I'm doing a lot better now because it is possible to reverse a lot of food sensitivities if you're diligent about it. So I plan to teach more about that. But moving on, um, my body was also basically not digesting fat or protein very well due to low stomach acid, which now makes sense as to why I wasn't gaining muscle the last few years of powerlifting, where I was deadlifting over 400 pounds and not gaining muscle. <laughs> Air, you know, size in my my lower body or wherever I was trying to gain muscle. So that explains it. My body wasn't digesting protein, so it sure wasn't absorbing protein, so it sure wasn't fueling my workouts at all. So that explains a lot. Um, I also know that now my liver was in somewhat of a toxic overload from an accumulation of things over my lifetime. I also had unaddressed traumas from sexual assault and abusive relationships. And these traumas were kind of bubbling up amidst all of the emotions I was going through and trying to figure everything out. And um, this is, again, another topic that I want to tie in on an episode all on its own, but it's definitely related. So in July of 2017, I was only about three weeks into really coming to terms with the fact that I probably had Hashimoto's and adrenal fatigue and leaky gut and that I really needed to work hard to de-stress my life. And I came to terms with the fact that I should try cutting out gluten. That was a tough mental block for me. I loathe anything that resembles a fad diet. And even though this gluten sensitivity was very real for me, it was hard to accept because I feared that 
my fitness friends wouldn't believe me and I'd catch some added pressure or stress for them from them. And as a matter of fact, within two days, just two days of starting to cut out gluten, I felt a pretty noticeable improvement in my physical pain. Again, being that I'm anti-diet, I was not the kind of person to be like, all gluten has to go today. So I started realizing ways that I could remove gluten from things I was eating or finding gluten-free options. But within two days, I remember as I was driving to that freelance job and realizing my body felt different. And that feeling of my cells wanting to explode was a little less noticeable. And it didn't hurt so much to hold the steering wheel. And that was really the first time I actually realized I had been in so much physical pain on a daily basis. The pain crept in so slowly and my brain fog was so bad that I wasn't even able to identify it as pain until I had a bit more mental clarity, thanks to removing the gluten, and the intensity of the pain had eased up a bit. And that's, that's when I was like, what feels different? oh, I'm not in pain as bad as I was. So at that time, it felt like quite a bit of improvement. But in hindsight, that was probably a a percentage of a percent of the improvement that I feel now. So this was all a very long journey. And this next part of the story is something that I haven't told a single soul about. The only person who knows is my friend Caroline who was there, but I don't think she knows uh, what a turning point this one particular event was for me. And the only reason I hadn't haven't told anybody this before was because at the time it was simply too exhausting to have a conversation with anyone to update them on anything I was doing with my life. I simply just went through my days just taking care of my obligations and resting. That was all I did with my days because everything was so exhausting. So my friend Caroline had been telling me about something called a women's circle. She spoke very highly of it, and I knew I needed to find ways to calm my body down. I couldn't afford trauma therapy at the time, even though I really badly wanted to try it because I had finally seen that I really needed that. But I was trying to be open-minded and find new ways to be nice to my body since my body was essentially attacking itself on a cellular level from the inside out. So when she told me about this women's circle, she told me there was going to be this women's circle not far from work, and I decided to go. I was really scared because it was still hard for me to have the mental clarity to hold decent conversations with anyone or to keep up the energy to socially engage. And this event meant meeting a whole bunch of new people and putting on a smile and acting like I wasn't in pain. But for some reason, I just really felt like I needed to go. So the short version of what this women's circle was, was that it was like a combination of group meditation and a place to express difficult issues you were experiencing, and other people were there to hold emotional space for you. It was very comforting. And it was also kind of like a celebration of womanhood. We laughed and cried and told our stories, and we danced wildly to Shania Twain's, man, I feel like a woman. (laughs) And it felt really great. It was like this, it was 
a great like emotional release that I really needed. But there was something bigger about to happen. So the woman who ran the woman's circle texted me a few days later to see how I was and if I enjoyed it. Actually, it was probably the next day. And I told her about, I had already told her what I was experiencing with my health issues. And she wanted to connect me with a, another friend of hers who she thought might be able to help me. So I said yes. And she had her friend text me. So at that point, I was trying to find on my own, I was trying to find a Hashimoto specialist who I could afford. And at that time, I hadn't dug deep enough to find somebody local. All I could find were doctors who were in Oregon or Colorado or New York or California. And I had been contemplating maxing out my credit card to take a flight to see one of them because I really, I was so desperate to feel better. So anyway, this friend of a friend of a friend contacted me and I will never forget. It was August 1st, 2017. She had seen a Hashimoto specialist that was not too far from where I lived. So I was so excited and I felt more hopeful about my health than I had felt in a really, really long time, probably five or six years. So I I was pumped. I called the doctor's office the next day. It was a little bit disappointing though, because she was not able to see me until March, but I didn't care. I made the appointment anyway. So it was going to be a six month wait and I didn't care. I was going to self-treat in the meantime. Well, fast forward those six months and I was doing a pretty good job of self-treating. Then two weeks before that March appointment that I had waited so long for, I was suddenly laid off again from the temporary job I was at. And that was tough. And there were tears. And it was difficult again. But the bright side was that I knew I had to finish my nutrition certification. I knew without a doubt that my path in life was to help other people through nutrition coaching so that they wouldn't have to suffer like I did. I figured out how to get lab testing done on my own, and I was rocking this new way of eating and avoiding all the foods that made me sick. I figured out which natural supplements I needed to help me feel better, and even though I couldn't afford them all, I was doing the best I can. I was still making baby steps, and I was still feeling better, a little bit better week by week. And um, I was doing everything I could to get my hormones and my antibodies at a more normal level. And it was, it was more scary and more painful that, than I really know how to put into words in hindsight and having gone through all that. But I'm definitely proud of how far I've come on my own. I have learned I'm proud of all that I've learned while I was so sick and to having how like how I pushed through all of it. I really want to show others the way like I feel it in my heart and soul and in my my gut. Um, I still have a lot more healing to do on my own and I'm still learning more every day. But that's where about where I'm going to end this for today. And next week or maybe a few episodes from now, I'm going to talk about the things that I've learned from having gone through all of this. And I just want to emphasize again that I'm not telling this story to just talk about myself, but I want you to think about any red flags that might sound familiar if you or someone you care about is starting to show some of these signs. If there are some red flags that you can relate to, I'm not saying it's Hashimoto's, 
But an important thing to note is that many autoimmune diseases have a lot of symptoms in common, whether it's fibromyalgia, lupus, um, rheumatoid arthritis, colitis, SIBO, Crohn's, type 2 diabetes. The list goes on and on and on. And a huge thing that they all have in common is that the significant onset of them, like when they, the symptoms really explode and get really bad, is triggered by, usually triggered by traumatic life events, also known as stress. So I hope you learned something today. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you'll join me again next week. And please leave a rating or review wherever you listen to the show. And until next time, breathe, stay strong, and always celebrate victory. Celebrate victory.